increasingly people are more interested in making investments that align with their values, which is the same thing kind of as like aligning with your interests. People looking for more investments in like green companies or companies whose mission statement had had the same, same values as them. Welcome to the Picture of Wealth, a podcast all about living more of your life now, yet being responsible for your future. Lifestyle experimenter, wealth scientist, and financial coach Dustin Service shares life hacks, wealth tips, and interviews successful entrepreneurs on how they're thriving in happiness, purpose, and prosperity. Thank you uh, for coming on the show again, Frankie. I'm excited to uh, know what you've dug up for me to answer. Nervous, excited, uh, inspired, and I'm going to switch it over to you and uh, let me know in this week's research, what are people searching? What trends are you seeing? And let's debunk them or support them. All right. Well, thanks for having me back. I I am very excited to talk to you about something. We're gonna go. We're gonna go back in time. Okay. We're gonna go about. I think maybe twenty years back in time. I'm gonna ask you if you are familiar with a show called The OC. I I am not. Are you kidding? I'm not. <laughs> fill me in. I, I'm older than you, and I I would have been twenty. Uh, twenty. I was years so ago. I was thinking. I'm like. Okay, this is either going to be perfect because he's going to know. And if you know the show, like to know it is to love it. Or I was like, he might be a little too old. And he's <laughs> well, also a man. So he might not. What does <laughs> OC stand for? Uh, what Orange is it? County. Oh, like Orange County Choppers or Orange County? Orange County. So it was a show. It was a phenomenon okay. um, that came out. Basically, it w- it was like a, a teen uh, primetime soap opera about these rich kids living in Orange County. There's actually a finance storyline that might interest you. One of the, the main character's father goes to jail for like embezzling all okay. his clients' money. Um, but the main love interest on the show is this guy named Ryan. And he was sort of like this dreamy hunk and always wore like wife beater t-shirts oh yeah okay but most like most of the actors on the show um you know that was sort of it for them uh it's been 10 yeah 15 probably 20 years and they haven't done much except this main character ryan who's played by an actor named ben mckenzie is now in the news again i just uh uncovered this in my research he has become an he what they call an anti-influencer. Okay, fill me and in. And he's on a crusade against crypto. Oh, interesting. Yes. So, <laughs> so it, is there a question there, or are you baiting no. me on is that uh, a good or bad thing? I mean, I guess in general that is my question, but I can make it a little more specific to get, uh, you know. Because that's a huge question. Is it a good or a bad thing? Oh, it's a huge question. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, um, I guess I'm I'm happy to uh to wait. Again, this my my comments on it, since I'm not licensed to sell it, uh, would be, you know, this is for education purposes only. And you know, do your own research, seek out a professional uh for any comments that I do make moving forward. So 
Uh, give me a little more context on his uh, his his stance or opinion and what you found. Okay, so his stance. Is, so he is. I mean, like you don't know who he. It seems weird to call him like a celebrity. Like you don't know who he is, and if we saw him on the street, I don't think even me, I would recognize him. But I guess there's a lot of money to be made on Instagram. So he was like approached by people uh, saying like, would you like crypto people, like, would you like to like post about our like new coins? And it was during the pandemic. So, and he says this openly that he was an out of work actor. Uh, His career, there's not a lot going on for him and he was bored and he just wanted something to do. So he started doing more research um, and feeling like a lot of, so he started seeing a lot of other actors and celebrities around him were like shilling for crypto and posting all these ads about it. And, but the more he did research, like the more, what he says is that it just really doesn't make sense to him in a way. And I guess his main point is that and you can tell me if this is right or wrong because I'm a total crypto novice. Hey. So his read on it is that it's such a speculative market that it's sort of one could be really ripe for like fraudulent situations and two is inevitably going to burst. Oh, I, I'm so happy you went here. This is like juicy. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so uh, I've given you my disclaimer. I uh, I am an investor uh, of, in certain things in my own personal uh, thing. And I think the stance, so he, he is not wrong. There is fraud. There is uh, market manipulation. There is all the stuff that the stock market tries to not have or tries to mitigate. Uh, whether you think it's there or not, uh, all those things exist. It's extremely hard to understand. Uh, but I just don't think it can be brushed aside. And I think if someone takes their risk, uh, their global risk appetite into consideration, then it can be useful for certain things. In my particular case, I've figured out uh, a portion of money that is enough that when it goes up 20% in a day, it's a big thing. It's a great thing to celebrate. Uh, Mm -hmm. It also irritates me when it goes down 20%. And if it went to zero, I'm going to be quite pissed off. But at the same time, it's not going to affect my family's ability to put food on the table. And, you know, maybe it puts our retirement plan behind slightly. But my overall, like, really simplified approach is that the world, well, I, you know, I'd ask the listener the question, do you think the world will be more or less technology in the future? Do, do we think we are going to go to a more traditional way to buy your goods and services, like collecting shells, you know, if it's not dollars or money, or are we going to go to something more advanced? now? You know, there's big debate about whether Bitcoin and Ethereum and then all the other projects right down to the things that aren't even, you know, all they are is a white paper, but they've got a token. And that just means they've written up 
a, a piece of paper that says this is our project and people get behind it and put money into it. You know, that's the, the top of the food chain for speculation. And then you have things like Bitcoin, which are, you know, a little bit more applicable. You can buy things with them. You can trade them with people. Um, it might not be those tools that we're using. It might be different tools. It might be mm-hmm. digital currency that, uh, you know, the government creates. And, you know, I, I think that would, there is a, a, an application for that. So that I do believe in. So right now I often get asked, well, why would you buy that? Like, why isn't that crypto just like a stock? Like it doesn't, you know, you can't, how do you use it or how, what's the token? Why does the token go up and down in value? It goes up and down in value purely on speculation, uh-huh. purely on the sentiment of the people that are researching it on the sentiment of the big, you know, the big crypto players, it, a lot of it is derived by social media posts, videos, and the excitement that sort of builds up in those videos that, you know, Bitcoin's going to 200 and some thousand or million or what, you know, people say all sorts of things, which there's no regulation. So they can say whatever they want. And it's not, it's not, no one's really knocking on their door saying you're offside. And everyone is an educator, guru. They're not actually a licensed you know, seller of crypto where in, in my world, I can't invest someone's money in a stock or I can't put a billboard up on the highway that says guaranteed return X percent. That's not allowed. So I don't think that guy's wrong. I just don't think it's, I think it'd be short-sighted to, to not do more research on it. And that's usually what I tell people is when you see an article or when you see Elon Musk buy a ton of Bitcoin or sell it or whatever, just maybe read the full article and and just immerse in the thing. You don't have to do anything about it, mm-hmm. but you know, just just maybe see if there's an interest in it and and watch a couple of videos. That's all. Mm-hmm. So, do you see like something? Maybe if it's not exactly crypto or Bitcoin, but like something like that that takes advantage of technology in the same way, like. Do you see that becoming more regulated in the future? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think a hundred, like all it takes is more and more people to, to be, you know, affected by certain fraud or certain, you know, things. And, and, you know, we are just like my technology comment, the world has continually gotten more regulation every year. So, oh, you really? Lots of well, it just in any industry, in uh-huh. stocks, in the automotive, in you know anything becomes more and more regulated and and bureaucratic, and there's more layers of rules. And so that I think you know you see ebbs and flows in the crypto market based on what what governments are saying. Either they're they're going to crack down on something or they're not, or they're going to sue some you know project or not. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden that affects the sentiment. Uh, so yes, I, I think there, there will be more regulation. There's already happening. You know, again, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, so I got to be very careful how far we go into this conversation. Okay. But uh, from my, from my reading and research, they, they're trying to go after certain tokens that look like stocks and don't have any application like, you know, that uh, like Bitcoin, you could trade it, you could you know use it as money. Uh-huh. Some of these crypto don't have what I mean by that is like they don't have a use or they don't have like a an everyday use yet. And 
my comment about the technology in the future being more, it's kind of like the internet was in 1997. In 1997, somebody had some technology that was, well, I can put a video on a web page. And in 1997, it was like, well, why would anyone ever want a video on a web page? Right. Like, who'd ever look at that? Or why would I want an email? Like I just call my friend. Uh, right. Now all of a sudden it's, you know, realtors, you know, video on website, three-dimensional, you know, like tours of houses that like any realtor would pay thousands of dollars for that to sell a house and make tens of thousands. So uh-huh. there's a huge use and I, like that company that put video on websites, you know, back in the day was worth maybe nothing. All of a sudden it's worth a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, for me, I have the one thing I, I guess I want to say two things. Like for me, one thing I find interesting, and like I said, and it might be obvious from all my questions that get less and less detailed, the less we talk about the OC or we talk about crypto, (laughs) but it launched um, into a good topic. (laughs) Well, I found it. I found it fascinating. I hadn't thought about Ryan from the OC in years and I'm really happy for him that he found like a new purpose in his life. But like like I don't I don't have stocks. Like it's not something I talk about with my friends. I don't think any of my friends like have stocks, but I know like my friends like have crypto. So there's yeah. something about it. That was one of my other questions. Like there's something about it that maybe like is more appealing to to younger people i don't know if it's easier for younger people to get into and in another article i read it was saying like some older older people and sort of like people with more established wealth so maybe people with generational wealth are more um worry of the of the crypto they worry about it or they're allocating towards it no they worry about it they're less comfortable yeah. with it uh, and I would say two things that the, the younger generation definitely into it. The younger generation has less money. Mm-hmm. And if you think about a basic market, uh, if, the, if, 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 if someone's investing a thousand dollars and they're buying crypto and they want to get in like right away, cause they've saw, they see a social media post, they could bump up the price by say one or 2% in just their trade. Because it's it's a small amount of money, but it moves the market. When you've got like the stock market, you have big banks and you have big investment firms with hundreds, you know, trillions of dollars and billions of dollars moving around, you have way more less volatility. Mm-hmm. So the appeal is two things. One, crypto is being marketed that you can make a lot of money in a short amount of time with not a lot of money. So you know, that for young people is appealing, whether that's true or not. Cause I can tell you, I've made positions where I thought, oh, this is going to be great and lost, you know, 60, 70% on the trade. So okay. your allocation is super important. If, if you put your whole two grand that you have saved up into one crypto and it goes down 60, 70%, that's tragic. Mm-hmm. But, but then it's, well, are you, were you trading it? Like going to hold it for six months? Were you going to hold it for a month? Or now are you going to hold it for five years? Because I, I recently had one where I bought it for about seven cents. In about a month, it went down to two cents. So I don't know in percentage, but that, it's, that's probably 60 or half would be 3.5. So 70% loss. Yeah. Wait three months. 
and it went to 20 cents within a week. So, you know, when you think about that sort of magnification, that for me from seven cents to 20 cents, it's more than a double. Mm -hmm. And again, we're talking in my allocations, it's very, it's slivers. It's not all my wealth. So you're not retiring anytime soon, but at the same time, you can have material moves and the, the crypto market cycles seem to be a lot shorter. So, you know, it's just like investing 101 is you've got two things. You've got when you're managing your risk, you've got what you pick. So you can pick real estate, you can pick stocks, you can pick mm-hmm. a GIC, like what you pick as a vehicle, what your timeline is, and what your objective is. Like, what is your objective with this money? If you've got a hundred grand saved up and you plan on buying a house and you're younger, you know, in a year, probably not very smart to put it all into crypto. Because in a year, who knows where where it'll be? Right. If you were saying, hey, you know, I had 100 grand saved up, I'm late 20s, early 30s. I don't plan on touching 10 grand for 20 years. Well, then maybe with the 10 grand, you pick five different positions that are balanced and do two grand, two grand, two grand, and you build like a little mini portfolio to Mm -hmm. reduce the risk. So the other thing I kind of touched on at the start was the younger people are way more on social media and way more influenced by social media. There's a website I follow like to the hour, as soon as the article comes out, if it's a certain person posts, like, yeah. so they have, they have contributors to be like you and, you know, contributors. If that particular, there's a guy posts and says, you know, Hey, I've been watching these three crypto Usually in the next day or two, those things will move up of like 10% in a day. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's, you know, again, there's high frequency trading bots that watch that kind of stuff, their computers, people put their money in those. When they go up more than 10% in two days, they'll start selling off. So you have these massive spikes and then massive sell-offs, which causes huge volatility for people that, uh, you know, is, is, is unsettling. The, the third kind of point I'd make is it's with crypto. There's, I think, because it's new and some of the stories that are marketed and the timing of now with sort of the government and, you know, there's just this sort of, you know, uneasiness, but there always has been. It's just now people are really getting vocal on social media, which fires up emotion. Uh-huh. The younger crowd has an evangelism to crypto that's like a, a, like a following, like, and I don't want to say cult, but it's like, they want to advocate for it. They want to, you know, share with their friends. They want to compare the things they have on their phone to each other. So there's a sense of community where the stock market is, is for younger people, intimidating, maybe older yeah. person. And maybe you tell me. So for the audience who doesn't know, you are. I'm 31. Uh, 31. Yeah. And so this is, this is, this is right in your wheelhouse. <laughs> I don't have crypto. I just found well, out. What so the was. friends that you have, what what is the sentiment or what is the the feedback you hear or how do you interpret what you hear from them about it? I think it is exactly what you what you're saying. Like the stock market, like for me when I picture stocks, like I, I picture like guys in like white shirts like screaming at a telephone or like <laughs> yeah. um that's very and, up your alley too, right? For anyone who doesn't know your personality. <laughs> um, and I think I would picture like, like, yeah, I think 
stock market for a lot of young people and maybe other people too, like has like a bad reputation. Like I picture, I would think of like, you know, oh, you need like a tip or you need like a special in to really make money there. Um, I mean, and I, like when I talk to, to people who have crypto, I'm always like kind of surprised because for me, I am skeptical. I'm kind of, I'm still a little skeptical of it, like kind of less so now hearing you, you talk about it because it makes a lot more sense. But I think it is like, I think for my generation, when you like feeling of doing research on something yourself, like on the internet, like even if maybe you're not finding the most reputable sources, there's something there that feels like more true because you found the information yourself and then it's more trustworthy because you mm -hmm. found it rather than like just hearing it on the news. And I think like, our trust in more traditional sources of information is really low. Uh, how do you, so we might get too into the weeds of psychology, but you know, there's, there's things called in, in one of my designations, uh, we did a massive study on investor behavior and mm -hmm. the, the biases we all carry. And I can't remember what it is. Someone will know that's listening. They're like, oh, service. Can't we remember that? But it's, it's a bias that when you're, you're looking for information, you seek out the stuff that you want to find. And so, right. and you maybe discount the stuff you don't want to find. Right. And, and I would be guilty of that, but I think you bring up uh, an interesting point that is that something that I beat, you know, the drum to all the time, which is in our goals, we set goals for certain things with, you know, so that's an intention. You intentionally want to go a certain way. And yet when we scroll, we just take in whatever is served up in front of us where with all that free time, you, if you're interested in crypto and you're just, well, it's, usually you're not interested in crypto. Usually you're interested in getting further financially ahead. You're like, I need yeah. to make some money now. Like I don't, I know I work for by the hour and uh, you know, but you know, that's not how significant wealth is made. It's made right. by risking something. And so people go, Oh, well, where is the biggest returns? Well, lately, if you've timed it right, it could be in crypto or it could have been in real estate. Mm -hmm. um, real estate, I think, is just undermarketed, and in crypto, it, it seems like the the gurus know that they just focus on the social media and and pound it out, and they can just say whatever they want. So it it sounds good, right? I mean, there's a big difference. Like if you have two thousand dollars, you can't put that into real estate, but right, yeah. There, there was, I, I read a, an article when uh, all the stimulation money was happening in, you know, 2020, 2021. And at the end of 2020, crypto was kind of flat. And then it, it rallied into 20, 2021. Uh -huh. uh, and then it kind of had a big sell-off at the start of 2022 and, and the end. But there was thoughts that with all the stimulus money that was going, like even the 2000 to a lot of Americans. Yeah. But that money was going to Bitcoin because yeah. they're like, well, I didn't have the two grand before. I'm still kind of working, but I got this free money. I'll just bet it on, on Bitcoin and boom, you see this, you know, massive influx up. Well, when the stimulation money stops and the interest rate speculation that's going up, all of a sudden you have this big sell-off of, of crypto because there isn't that, there isn't that support 
of this person talking to this person. Okay, we're going to push it up, buy a little more, mm-hmm. buy a little more. Uh, so now you have this settling where, you know, is it is it a currency? Is it not? Who knows? Uh, I really think I, I'm of the camp. It either will be something uh, decent or it will be zero. So when people look to allocate, imagine that it's zero. Okay. And then anything else, you know, I, I look at also, I'm in the business. I look at it as an education. I could take a course, pay, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to go to this course and get an education in something. I believe that wealthier families will use crypto at some point. And, and wealthier families already are. Mm-hmm. And investment firms, like large, you know, with trillion dollars under management, they are creating Bitcoin ETFs that they will then sell to their clientele. Mm-hmm. That you know, right now that's a very small amount of investment firms are doing that. Well, if you think that uh, an investment firm with, you know, a hundred thousand clients, if they said to every one of them, Hey, we think that your portfolio should all need a thousand dollars in Bitcoin. And they start marketing that they have to go out and buy Bitcoin. So, you know, if they're buying the Bitcoin or they're, you know, buying these units of the fund, there's all of a sudden way more people that are aware of 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 the tool and so right you know and just like the more it exists the more it legitimizes itself because we that's have right. no choice but to accept it so it, it might it might not be something in reality right now but this is how things become things right by more and more people talking about it and and so again i'm uh, my bet is on that either you know, it's squashed and it all falls apart. And it turns out that it was a huge fraud by some alien planet or some country. I mean, where or... did it come from? <laughs> I'm going to, I will just touch on it because I'm definitely not an expert in the origins okay. of Bitcoin. Um, but it, the theory is it's, it's a, some person named Satoshi Nakamoto created basically the framework that that Bitcoin operates on and got it going. And now that it's going, you have what's called nodes, which are computers that, you know, people always talk about mining, not going there, but computers (laughs) all around the world that validate, you know, when you buy some Bitcoin, they validate that it's legit, if you want to call it that. So the more, you know, to, to get rid of Bitcoin, as I understand it, you would need to basically nuke most of those nodes you need to have to get rid of the whole infrastructure which it isn't like in one building in austin texas they have this server that you know creates bitcoin or uh legitimizes who owns it or whatever it's basically across the the internet which makes it extremely resilient well that's how it's been marketed resilient Uh now to, to to sort of stopping it it's it's sort of going and now it will be continue to go the more people that that get involved and the more they mine it. So it exists on the internet, but then there are, because I read in the article, um, guy from the OC, he visits the Bitcoin factory and it's just like rows and rows of the machines. So that'd be one. So a bit, a big Bitcoin mining rig is what. Okay. would Would you have to destroy those? I think so. Yeah. Wow. We've got more research to do. <laughs> yeah, the research you do on it that says, well, well, they could just turn it off. Uh, I don't think it's quite that easy. Um, 
I think that's why the governments are, again, this is in the biased research that I look at. I try to look at it all is that they're trying to understand it more uh-huh. and trying to, you know, I, you know, trying to understand, can we use it? Could we regulate it? Could we, you know, harder tax it or whatever? Like that's, I think where the reality goes, but it, it's, it still might exist. Uh-huh. The infrastructure is there. So, you know, to create a new one and market it and, you know, Bitcoin's taken, well, I don't know what it is, 2000, I can't remember when it was actually originated. You saw that 20 years. It's like to get to where it is now. 20 years ago, it was $10. Uh-huh. So you know, now it's 50000 or Yeah, there, there was one part. It was the article. Was it, in the, it was either, I read two. <laughs> one was in the New York Times and one was in the cut. But they, uh, so this guy, he's basically, he's upset. He thinks it's, uh, it's too risky. He thinks people are going to lose a lot of money, and it, it upsets him that you see so, like ultra rich celebrities uh, advocating and like telling their followers to to get in on it. Um, and one person asks him, "Well, like your whole life is based like you, you took the risk of becoming an actor, and that paid off for you, and like that was your choice. It's like one of the biggest risks." A person can take professionally right and he kind of has no response like he's like yeah you're right like i did that was my choice and yeah so concentration yeah. you know again he bet all his eggs on one thing and it worked out and it's yeah. the same with investing usually for most of you know the clients that we work with are business owners and they bet everything on a business right usually people don't come to me that bet everything on a stock it you know went from a hundred thousand to four million, and now they want to be a client. It usually is they went to work every day for twenty to thirty years, built up a business, concentrated all their wealth in that, and now all of a sudden they have you know they've sold it or they are selling yeah. part of it, and they want you know us to help get a plan or you know that's that's an awkward transition. So I think there's there's huge value in in what you know maybe the article was saying about concentration if you want to protect your wealth you sprinkle a bunch and i think we talked about in the last podcast yeah and that if you want to make you know if you think about it if you did you know a certain amount of money and you bought the 10 best wildest investments you could find and that's not you know we're talking kind of about crypto today but it does it could be you know i have clients that just invested in a private company mushroom manufacturing company for microdosing so oh, again yeah I don't understand it. I don't understand uh, a lot of it, but it was, it's a private company. One day they plan to go public. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you think about that company, that risk is high. You know, they're not established. I don't even know if the, the industry is, is kind of allowed uh, or if you're yeah. maybe allowed to grow it. I don't know <laughs> if you're allowed it. to sell it. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. So you think of yeah. like, okay, well, that's one. But if, let's say you had like a hundred thousand, you could maybe do four investments of 25 each into mushroom, into crypto. Um, you know, I'm an investor of a, of a company that takes shingles off a roof, recycles it and creates like oil uh, oh. out of the, the recycled shingles. And so again, that I put some money in, the stock is down, you know, maybe 10% in the six months that I've had it, but it, uh-huh. it trades so infrequently because they're waiting for a big you know, big event or big financing or whatever. So there's, yeah, who knows? It might go to zero. 
And so I think that's a way you can kind of be in between. If you wanted to be super protective, you would look at your hundred grand and say, maybe you put 10 grand in 10 things, but it's going to be a safer, it's a safer ride. You just won't have maybe a magnification opportunity. Cause if one of those things doubles, yeah. And one of them for sure goes to zero, you're neutral uh-huh. still. Right. So do you find I'm like just hearing you, um, it's funny because I, my husband and I recently, uh, we were talking a lot about trying microdosing and he had, yeah. he had a coworker who says it changed her life. Um, I've heard that. Yeah. So I tried it. I wasn't really, it wasn't for me, but. Um, Did you actually it, get any sort of feeling or it was just like nothing? Well, I got, I got kind of like jittery, like the hour, an hour later. Um, and then it, and then I got hyper-focused. Like my attention was really focused. Like I worked on something for like six hours straight. Right. Without even taking a break. But then afterwards, I completely broke down. Yeah. I went to bed or cried or like. I cried. Yeah. So I thought, I don't know, it's not for me, but um, do you find, I mean, and I don't, obviously, I don't know the people you're talking about who who made that investment, but like, do you find people generally like investing in, in companies that, that ex- excite them uh, for non-financial reasons, like excite them just because they think, oh, that's a cool idea, or maybe that's something we like to do? I think there's a lot of... Um... I went to a course one time. His name was Phil Town. I'll pump it a little bit. Rule one investing. Uh, he's a bit of a guru. He's He's got a real slick sales channel. So again, mm-hmm. if you can get by all that shit, because it, it's quite expensive, but he had some good points. And in his premise in this course was, was sort of advisors are bad. People can invest themselves. It's easy. Just watch mm-hmm. these things. Guess what? It's not. Uh, it's just not that easy. But I, I thought it was interesting. The tools he did give were quite good. It's just, it, it requires a lot of time being in the market all the time. You can't just hop on your phone once a week, make trades and make thousands of dollars. It just doesn't work. So right. again, I, I, I took this course and the one thing that I remember from him talking in the course is you need to have conviction behind the company that you're going to buy. So in a stock selection, one of the first you know principles is that you Find companies that maybe the numbers look good. So you've got this list of say, you know, you're screening companies or you're, you're screening investment options because you play soccer with a guy. He, he says, hey, here's five investment options. And you go, okay. And as you look at them, you go, do I really have interest in this? Uh, not really. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you don't, like, you know, I, and I'm, I'll make this up, but say there was a company that, uh, was really into flowers. I'm making this up. And all the flower people are going to hate that I'm saying this. But it's like, <laughs> I'm not into flowers. I'm not a gardening type guy. I don't, I don't, that doesn't turn my crank. But then there's this company that they're really good financials. And it's a flower business. And like people buy flowers and mm-hmm. you should invest in it. If I don't have the passion, when that thing pulls back and goes down 20%, or the investment isn't working out in the first year when everyone said it was going to go up mm-hmm. in a year. I'm going to get antsy and it's going to eat at me and I'm probably going to make a behavioral move and sell it or get out of it too soon. 
If you've got conviction or an emotional connection to, again, one of the companies that when I took the course that I did research on and, and I didn't actually buy it, but I, you know, I had seen the radar, it looked good, was Goodyear. So Goodyear, massive company, long track record. I love motorsports. I've bought Goodyear tires before. They were great on trucks, on cars, quads. Like, so I've, I'm a user of the product. So that to me makes it more of a connection. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back to like business owners usually make, you know, for the most part, good money in their own business because that's about as more, you know, you created the business because you had some interest in it. And right. so you've had, you've, you go there every day, you've got a little more control. When it comes to investing, I, I 100% think there needs, you know, like think about property. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, people are, you know, buying property or will wreck property. But, you know, again, we're in, in cottage country. So it's like cabins, lake lots to put your trailer, um, lots that you could maybe entertain more. You know, in our place, we've got a campsite. So it's like people can come with their trailer. So even if the value of my property stayed the same, mm-hmm. and I didn't make any money on it. I still get to use it and I still get to like be emotionally involved in it day to day. And that, that will keep you through, you know, when I get my assessment or if the market crashes, it's like, oh, but my friends are still coming camping and we're still enjoying that asset. So mm-hmm. yes, I think that's something that when people are considering investing that, there needs to be that some sort of emotional connection or the word conviction around the belief. Cause again, the flower analogy, someone could be a huge green advocate, love flowers, believe in the properties of the bees and all the stuff that they do. They would find that way more interesting and they would have that gumption to stay invested, do what they can to contribute. It's hard with the stock cause you can't really contribute, but right. Um, that person would know more about the management of the flower company than me though. Me seeing Goodyear and where, like, where does Goodyear spend its sponsorship dollars? Mm. It's like, Oh, those are events that I go to. I, I am, I would be one of the, that resonates with me and I can see that there's value there. Right. The flower person would see it. So when you're looking at private investments, that, that definitely should be something deep at the forefront. Yeah. Cause I was reading um about i mean it said it i think it was like an article about millennials so it had that angle but it was saying like that increasingly people are more interested in making investments that like align with their values which is the same thing kind of as like aligning with your interests so people looking for more investments in like um like green companies or companies whose like mission statement had had the same you know, same values as them. Like, is that something you see more of, or is well, it pretty it's, much it's something that I see? Uh, so, in the clients that we work on the investment side, again, most of them are entrepreneurs or, or entrepreneur entrepreneurially minded. So they understand what when we look at investing. Like, you've invested in your business and you run it like this. You've got a business. It makes revenue. Mm-hmm. You've got some expenses. And then there's some cash left over. And the cash left over, you can either pay yourself a dividend or reinvest or and reinvest it back in your business. Mm-hmm. So the businesses that we like to own, and again, this isn't a stock recommendation. I don't even know if you know we're currently holding some of these positions right now. But you think about Tim Hortons or Royal Bank or CN Rail, like those are pretty 
staple businesses for the economy that, that's running today. So if you can find those businesses and get them at an attractive price and they are good at making revenue, keeping their expenses managed well, and there's excess cash, they then pay a dividend, which is always mm-hmm. good because it's like income or it's like having a rental house that you're collecting income while you wait for the market value to do whatever it's doing. You're getting this dividend. And they've still got extra cash to put back into their business and make it a better business. That is an easy model to understand. So when you're looking at investing, you know, now, you know, we're at the other end of the spectrum from crypto, which is completely speculative. Now we're talking about like a core in a person's portfolio. We often say like, get your core built up and then wrap it in Uh crypto, wrap it in, you know, high risk, wrap it in that investment with your friend's mushroom thing. Uh, but for the most of your money, you want to have in something that's, you know, a business that's hard to, to duplicate. So Visa is a good example. It's like Visa is almost in every merchant all around the world. Mm-hmm. That would be hard for you to create a new Visa. So Visa, hard to duplicate, hard to compete with, uh, hard for people to live without. So if you kind of think of those three principles, then all of a sudden, those are that's a starting point. For business, for someone to get into the, you know, again, going back to my good year or, you know, Tim Hortons, some might say that you could duplicate that, but they just have such a long brand. They're fast. You know, it's 30 seconds yeah. to get a coffee. Like, and it's nostalgic. It is. It, yeah. So back to emotion. Yeah. Owning Tim Hortons stock. It's like, I have two small children. When we go to the gun range or we go to the soccer field, stop and get a Tim's. It's just like, it's an iconic part of like Canadian weekends. Yeah. <laughs> I used to like, I, they used to have, com- like, I don't watch TV anymore with like commercials, but I remember watching, uh, like the Tim Hortons commercial where like someone like studies abroad and their mom sends them like something from Tim Hortons and it would literally that's make good. Me cry. Yeah, that's good. That's, <laughs> that's good marketing. Cause it's really pulling on emotion. Yeah. Give me one more, Frankie. What do you got? One more question before we uh, close off. One more question. Okay. Cause I have like a burning, I have a question that just came up, but it's not like finance related. Is it no, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going <laughs> to, let me think. Let me think. Give me a second. Okay. I think this is appropriate. Okay. Have you, have you ever, or would you ever give stocks as a gift to your wife? Well, oh, okay. I see where you're kind of going. So for context, I came to me because I once heard that Kim Kardashian and Kanye West gave each other stocks as Christmas gifts. And, and according to them, it was like very romantic. Wow. Uh, I've never been asked this question. So usually we are tax planning, uh, and we're gifting things to children. Um, but it, it is a, it is a good point because I think it has been lost. And normally, uh, one client I have, they, well, I'm not going to use that stock because it's in the news right now. Very not good news, but it was about 10 years ago. Let's, let's, use, let's use a Tim Hortons example. Okay. Let's say that um, instead of giving gifts to your children, you give 10 shares of Tim Hortons to your child. Yeah. And the reason is, is every Saturday you go to the soccer field and that's just, and they get a, a chocolate glazed donut and that's what they get or Timbits and, 
And so that was part of your upbringing. I think it's in a very, it's a very effective gift. It's, it's a way more green gift because uh, mm-hmm. there's less toys and plastic ending up in the landfill uh, and clutter around your house that just is, yeah. you know, get the kids outside again, showing some of my, <laughs> my beliefs that my kids are like, God, Dad, can we have a toy. But uh, yeah. So from a, from a, what to the, to gift I, the spouse thing, I, I never have thought of that one. Uh, but it is compelling because as you get older <laughs> and as you get more financially established, what do you really give your spouse? Cause yeah, you know, up to a certain amount, you know, you probably would just go get it. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then there's a certain amount, a threshold where spouses that causes a bit of friction if you go over it and buy things without talking about it. Right. So, you know, to, to get a meaningful stock investment, you know, you're going to, you're going to give them $250 every year for 10 years. Well, that's $2,500. So is, is that really going to change? But I don't see the romantic side to it, but maybe, maybe but you, I, wrote, you could write a little poem. That, yeah. I think the delivery, the, the delivery, the yeah. delivery, uh, would be powerful. I, I still come back to like our uh, nieces and nephews. I've often said like, instead of birthdays, no Christmas, we're just going to do like $250, $300 per kid. And so at least at the end of 10 years, when they're 20, there's something powerful. You know what the hardest part is though, is where, you know, so I have a seven-year-old nephew, where do I put that investment that, you know, for one, he can't have an investment account. He's not old enough. So Mm -hmm. if I put it in my holding company or in my name, I got to pay the tax on it. Mm -hmm. So the only place that, you know, you could do it is maybe in your TFSA, but then you've, it's like at Christmas, Hey, here's, here's the stock I got you, but it's still in my name. (laughs) So it's, it's not, not, I, I guess the trust would be there, but it's not, you know, I guess you could buy the certificates and get the certificates Mm -hmm. actually printed. Um, and then hold them in your safe, maybe. I don't know. That's <laughs> I haven't figured that one out yet. But it is it is on my mind because uh, we do have a massive transition of wealth happening right now. And for grandparents, if you can gift, you know, something and mm-hmm. pass it to the next generation or the one below that, so the grandkids, that isn't a that's a tax efficient thing. And we talked about it last time with life insurance that there is ways to do it with life insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, love it or hate it, it's still a very a, a tax efficient way to create legacy wealth. You know, the families that are 100, 500, a billion dollars of wealth, they all do that kind of stuff because they just understand the numbers and the metrics. Right. So thank you for that was a good that was a good closeout. Uh, you have any any teaser things of what we're doing next time? I'm not sure. I cuz I I actually I had a I mean, uh, like we got we got into this last week. I'm really interested about talking about money, like in relationships or between spouses. So I had some questions about that prepared for today, but we just went down our own little rabbit hole. So, well, let's maybe, let's maybe next let's week. do that next week. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm pumped. So thanks okay, for coming on too. today. <laughs> Thank you. If you found this episode valuable share with a friend. If you found this episode super valuable, leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us continue to bring you top quality content. For more information on anything discussed on this show, 
visit www.servicewealth.com. That's service spelled S-E-R-V-I-S-S. Any investment topics covered on the show are not investment recommendations, and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. This show was produced by Podigy Podcasts. Thanks for listening.